RTHK News. Good afternoon, it's one o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. The headlines, Financial Secretary Paul Chang comes under fire for including Hong Kong emigrants in the cash handout scheme, but not those under the age of 18 who live here. Civic Party lawmaker Jeremy Tam says a security breach at the West Kowloon Terminus last December shows a serious security loophole at the station. And Donald Trump puts the US Vice President Mike Pence in charge of the country's response to the coronavirus threat. The Financial Secretary Paul Chan says the government will discuss with the business sector about holding promotional events to attract Hong Kong emigrants to come back and spend money. Appearing on a joint radio phone-in programme a day after releasing his budget, Mr Chan came under criticism from several callers for allowing emigrated residents to receive a $10,000 cash handout. The handout to adult permanent residents was to boost local consumption and relieve people's financial burden. Mr Chan says residents can simply register online for the handout. But Mr Chan has rejected a call for more financial help for those aged under 18 who are not eligible for the $10,000 cash handout he's proposing. He told lawmakers that in earlier relief packages, the government was already offering students $3,500 in subsidies, and he says this will become a mainstay going forward. Democratic Party Chairman Wu Chi-Wai, however, says it's unfair that Hong Kong permanent residents not living here are getting the cash, but not those underaged. He says this goes against Mr Chan's policy objective of boosting local consumption. For those adults, they may, be, they may receive other subsidies in some other areas, but they also can receive the, uh, uh, the, the handout. Why? Not for those underage. And in particular for the handout, they, uh, the handout will cover people living in overseas, in mainland, and they will also uh, be covered by the handout programs. Mr Chan stressed it takes three months or so for the government to set up the application and payment systems with banks, so there's very little chance he can speed things up. The target, he said, is for people to apply for the money in early July, and payment will then be made later in the summer in phases. Civic Party lawmaker Jeremy Tan says a security breach at the West Kowloon Terminus last December shows a serious security loophole at the station, and the government must explain the incident to the public. The lawmaker says the government confirmed to him in a written reply that a mainland passenger who had missed his stop in Sunjin North and arrived in West Kowloon did not go through immigration clearance at the terminus after getting off the train. Instead, the passenger walked along the underground railway tracks undetected before emerging out of an emergency exit from an MTR ventilation building in Hong Kong Territory. The passenger later surrendered himself at a police station. Mr Tam warns that people could potentially use this loophole to smuggle goods or secretly send people across the border. If that happened, can going from you know the uh, the Kowloon stations, the West Kowloon uh, High Speed Railway stations, you know to you know somewhere in Hong Kong, it also can be vice versa. You know from you know anywhere from Hong Kong go to that station, and and that is something you know that is a serious you know security threat. Around 30 people have protested outside the Professional Teachers Union in Mong Kok, accusing it of protecting a teacher who shared an acrostic poem online, targeting the police. Confucius Hall Secondary School in Causeway Bay suspended the teacher, Ho Pak Yan. Following a school investigation, he was allowed to resume teaching, but was stripped of his acting vice principal role. The PTU had said the teacher wasn't the author of the poem and had shared it without knowing its underlying meaning. The protesters said the union should publicly condemn the teacher. 
President Trump says the risk to the American people from the novel coronavirus is very low thanks to actions taken by his government, such as travel restrictions on Chinese travelers. He said his decisions were ridiculed at the beginning. He's appointed Vice President Mike Pence to lead anti-coronavirus efforts. Mike will be working with the professionals, doctors and everybody else that's working. The team is is brilliant. I spent a lot of time with the team over the last couple of weeks, but they're totally brilliant and we're doing really well. And Mike is going to be in charge and Mike will report back to me. Mr. Trump said of the 15 people diagnosed with the disease, only one was still ill in hospital. He said he was working closely with Congress, from which his administration had asked for two and a half billion U.S. dollars to deal with the coronavirus. The World Health Organization insists the outbreak isn't yet a pandemic. Stock markets in the United States and Europe have largely stabilized after several days of sharp falls. South Korea, meanwhile, has reported over 330 new coronavirus cases, taking its total to over 1,500. Its death toll remained at 12. The U.S. and South Korean militaries have postponed forthcoming joint exercises due to the outbreak. The mainland reported 29 more virus deaths, the lowest in almost a month, and 433 new cases. Saudi Arabia is suspending entry for foreign pilgrims as a precaution against the spread of the coronavirus. Several other countries in the region have introduced preventative measures as the number of cases rises in the Middle East. Here's the BBC's Abigail Maudsley. The Saudi Foreign Ministry said it was temporarily stopping visitors from entering the kingdom on pilgrimage to Mecca and the Prophet's Mosque in Medina. It said it was also suspending entry to tourists from countries where it considers the virus to be a threat. On Wednesday, Iraq banned public gatherings and announced the closure of schools, universities and entertainment venues, as well as widening an existing travel ban. Kuwait and Bahrain have instituted similar measures after cases of COVID-19 were detected. Five people have been killed in a mass shooting at a brewery headquarters in the U.S. city of Milwaukee. Police said the 51-year-old gunman had apparently killed himself. All the dead, including the gunman, were employees of the Molson Coors Brewery. The lieutenant, lieutenant governor of the state of Wisconsin, Mandela Barnes, said more must be done to prevent gun violence. I also want to issue a call, a challenge, because we shouldn't accept this. This is not the way that things should be. And we should never grow comfortable in the face of these repeated tragedies all across America, and especially right here at home. We have a duty to act. We have to be more responsible uh, as a city, as a state, as a nation, and stop these preventable tragedies from happening. It doesn't happen anywhere else but here. The U.S. House of Representatives has approved legislation that would make lynching a federal hate crime after more than a century of failed attempts. The Senate passed a similar bill last year. Thousands of African Americans were murdered by white mobs in the U.S. South in the 19th and 20th centuries, often by hanging. The sponsor of the current bill, Democratic Congressman Bobby Rush, said its passage, passage sent a message that race-based violence had no place in America. Spain's government has agreed to hold talks every month with the separatist-led administration in the northeast region of Catalonia to discuss its demands for independence. Catalonia's leader, Kim Torra, described a first round of talks in Madrid with the Prime Minister, Pedro Sánchez, as frank and honest. But he said he got no clear answers on key demands. 
We have been clear with the Spanish government from the beginning. This is a meeting to talk about the political conflict that we have here in Catalonia. And our proposal is clear. It's based on the right to self-determination and amnesty. We have not had any answer to this position from the Spanish government. The Conservative Opposition Popular Party said the talks were a humiliation and Mr Sanchez had crossed every political red line in negotiating with the separatists. The Indian Cabinet has approved a bill which would enable married Indian couples and single women to use a surrogate mother to carry their baby. The bill will also restrict payments of surrogates to medical expenses only in order to curb abuses. Pope Francis has suggested fellow Roman Catholics should stop insulting people online as one of their resolutions for Lent. Many Christians give up habits such as drinking alcohol or eating sweets for 40 days to mark the season, which began yesterday. But the Pope told tens of thousands of worshippers in the Vatican to consider abandoning what he called useless chatter, rumours and gossip. Traditionally, Catholics mark a cross on their forehead with ash at the start of Lent. The Pope said this symbol should have a positive effect. The world is falling to pieces. Fear is growing. There is so much malice all around us. Society is becoming less and less Christian. The ashes we receive on our foreheads should affect the thoughts passing through our minds. The American author of the Dirk Pitt novels, Clive Cussler, has died at the age of 88. He wrote over 80 books, selling more than 100 million copies worldwide. Here's the BBC's Vincent Dowd. Cussler was on the New York Times bestseller lists more than 20 times with stories which often featured the hero Dirk Pitt, later played in the film Sahara by Matthew McConaughey. Other books included Shockwave and Atlantis Found. Many feature the fictional US government organisation, the National Underwater and Marine Agency, or NUMA. Later, Clive Cussler set up a real-life NUMA to conserve US marine heritage through the discovery and survey of shipwrecks. Researchers on the mainland say red pandas are not a single species, but two distinct ones. They say DNA analysis has shown substantial divergences between the Chinese and Himalayan red pandas. The recognition of two separate species could help conservation efforts. Here's the BBC's Helen Briggs. They are really important species to save because they're in a family of their own. They're one of the most evolutionary distinct mammals in the world, which makes them very precious, which means scientists are fighting very hard to save them. They've been red-listed as endangered, which means they're on the brink of extinction. That's on the basis of this one population. But we now know that there are actually two species, and it means that one, the Himalayan red panda, needs more urgent protection because it's got lower genetic diversity and a smaller population size. To finance news, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 26,519. That's 176 points down on the previous close. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 110.19 yen, the euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 9 cents, and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 7 cents. And now with the sports news, here's Adam Chung. 
We start with the Champions League, where Kevin De Bruyne scored one and set up another as Manchester City stunned Real Madrid, coming from behind to win 2-1 in their last 16 first leg at the Bernabeu. Here's the BBC's John Murray. And what a landmark night for Manchester City. Their first ever win against Real Madrid here in the Bernabeu. And they turned the match around quite dramatically after being 1-0 down on the hour when Isco scored the opening goal. But then, suddenly, everything changed. Gabriel Jesus headed in from De Bruyne's cross. A penalty. De Bruyne took that away. Sergio Ramos was sent off and is out of the second leg. After the match, the Manchester City boss Pep Guardiola said it pleased him to see his players get goals away from home. Important is the, the way we played. So we spoke to try to come here to win the game and we did it in the, in this stadium. So, but it's just the first part, it's not three points. And, and if one team can overcome this situation and for experience, for uh, everything is this club. But of course, uh, a good result. We could not score goals the previous two times away, so we did it. And yeah, it's a good, uh, you know, a good one. In the other last 16 first leg, the French midfielder Lucas Toussaint scored a 1-0 home victory for Lyon over Juventus. Now, the postponement of sports fixtures involving Italian teams has now progressed from football to Six Nations rugby. Ireland's game with Italy in Dublin on March the 7th has been called off following comments from the Irish Health Minister. The BBC's Sarah Orchard has more. The decision has come after the RFU said yesterday they were seeking an urgent meeting with their health minister. That happened today. And following that meeting, they've confirmed that the match has been cancelled and will be rearranged. The, the statement said they were advised that the National Public Health Emergency Team in Ireland determined that the match should be not proceed. And that's in the interest of public health. Now, you do have to consider the thousands of people that travel to support the Six Nations. That's teams, organisers, media, fans. Perhaps we shouldn't be so surprised. Meanwhile, Japan's Professional Baseball League says it will play its 72 remaining preseason games in empty stadiums because of the threat of the coronavirus spreading. The regular season is scheduled to start on March the 20th. Elsewhere, the 2020 Short Track Skating World Championships in South Korea have also been cancelled. The event in Seoul was due to take place from the 13th to the 15th of March. The sports world governing body, the ISU, said moving the event to another location would be difficult to achieve, although they are exploring possibilities. And that's your look at sports. Thanks, Atom. To end the news, the top stories once again. Financial Secretary Paul Chang comes under fire for including Hong Kong emigrants in the cash handout scheme, but not those under the age of 18 who live here. Civic Party lawmaker Jeremy Tams says a security breach at the West Kowloon Terminus last December shows a serious security loophole at the station. And Donald Trump puts the US Vice President Mike Pence in charge of the country's response to the coronavirus threat. The news from RTHK.
afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Thursday afternoon. Thursday, the 27th of February is today's date. Thank you to Phil for the morning brew. We've got a busy show today. Just after half past one, we'll be chatting to Nicole Garbellini. She's an actress here in Hong Kong about her latest production, Mussolini's Mistresses. She'll be joining us on the line in about 10 minutes or so. And after 2.30, we'll be talking about World NGO Day and also the challenges faced by local NGOs. Joining us for that uh, topic, we'll be chatting with Victoria Wisniewski-Otero. 